can. Well, if you're new here with us or have been here for a while, we're making our way through the book of Luke, kind of verse by verse. And uh, so today we're hitting on a passage that um, has some, at least a phrase in it that a lot of people like to use, which is, do not judge. Don't you judge me, you know. Uh, and so, but this, that's really just a portion of the passage, but so many people know about that phrase. Um, uh, so anyway, we'll get into that in a minute, but I want to mention, first off, something uh, just kind of surround this message by a little bit of a, like the theme here that Jesus is really getting at is he's wanting his followers to to make sure they're not like the Pharisees. <laughs> he wants them to make sure that um, they, they're, um, they examine themselves um, thoroughly and not be pointing out every little wrong in other people while they're ignoring all these major issues of their own. And uh, so it's really about heart examination. And uh, I think this is good. This is healthy for us. You know, uh, a lot of times we don't, we don't really take time to think about what's going on in our own hearts. We're busy and so on. And I was actually forced on Friday to uh, take 90 minutes and, and be still in an MRI machine. And uh, has anybody ever done that 90-minute trip in that thing? It was, uh, I wanted like, Lord, just take me out of here, you know. <laughs> they told me it was going to be about an hour. And uh, they said because my heart was beating so slowly, which I thought was a good sign if you're in a tube, you know, that your heart's beating slowly, that it took longer to take the pictures because they're waiting for my heart to be like, to get a lot of pictures of my heart. That's what they were doing. Um, anyway, so... Uh, they took a long time to examine my heart, is what I'm saying. And, uh, and, and we need to take some time to think about our spiritual state and, and really the state of our heart um, before the Lord. And so uh, I think today is going to be like that for us. Uh, it, sometimes it's not fun when you go down that road, but it, it's a healthy thing spiritually, actually. So uh, let's go to the Lord before we, as we get into the scriptures here, Lord. Lord, we just come to you this morning. We're so thankful that uh, you're with us here. Um, Lord, you said wherever two or three of your people gather together in your name, there you are in their midst. So we know there's something special about your people gathered together. And Lord, we are thankful. Um, We're thankful that you're here um, in our midst. And Lord, we invite you to examine our hearts. Lord, we invite you to... Um, show us if there's any hurtful way in us, like the psalmist says. God, we, um, we want to grow closer to you. We want to know you better today, than we, um, or better today than we did yesterday, Lord. We want to grow in our relationship with you. If we have a relationship with you, and thank you that communion reminds us about how to have that relationship. And Relationship with God, as Nick was saying, is, is through Jesus Christ. Uh, is how we uh, get related to God the Father and by faith in what he did. And so, Lord, uh, after we enter into that relationship, we know that sometimes we, we wander. Sometimes our hearts are far from you when our lips are even singing your praises. 
And so, Lord, we ask this morning that you'd help us. We want to lift up our brothers and sisters in the church that might be struggling right now, who might um, be battling sickness or disease. Lord, would you would you just touch their bodies, make them well, um, give their doctors wisdom and insight. And Lord, um, help us, Lord, individually and as a church to be a light to the world. Lord, help us to be a light. Help us to not be ones like those who hide their light under a bushel. But help us to be um, loving and bold at the same time. God, we, we again thank you for this time and we commit it to you in Jesus' name. Amen. Um, if you've not been here before, it's, it's our practice uh, on occasion to, to uh, stand up for the reading of the Word of God. So if you're able to stand, let's stand, and it's in honor of the Word of God that we do this, And because what basically what we're doing is kind of like in a physical way, we're saying, I'm going to put myself under this Word. I, want, I, I know it's the Word of God, and so we do it in respect. So here we're going to read, I'm going to read out loud as you listen, uh, Luke 6, 37 to 42, it says, judge not, and you will not be judged, condemn not, and you will not be condemned, forgive, and you will be forgiven Give, and it will be given to you, good measure. Pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, will be put into your lap. For with the measure you use, it will be measured back to you. He also told them a parable. Can a bland, blind man lead a blind man? Will they not both fall into a pit? A disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? How can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out that, the speck that is in your eye, when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out that, the speck that is in your brother's eye. This is the word of the Lord. Please have a seat. There's really five things we're going to focus in on this morning in this brief little passage, five um, really ways that we can examine our hearts and make sure that we're pursuing to be uh, followers of Jesus with integrity. Integrity. You know, integrity is, a, uh, in, a, in a simple way, is kind of like what you see is what you get, or what's on the inside is what's on the outside. That's integrity, Right? Um, and so uh, we, we want to pursue uh, being uh, more and more people of integrity as we represent Jesus Christ in the world that we live in. The first thing that we see is uh, this uh, verse 37 where it says, Judge not, um, and you will not be judged. Condemn not, and you will not be condemned. And so... You know, it is interesting, though, to note in these verses that, you know, you have to remember that whenever you read your Bible, um, there's more than just what you're reading in the Bible, <laughs> right? Uh, the idea of context, right? And, and not only, like, the context of the verses around what you're reading, but the entire Bible context, the biblical context. And so you have to realize that there are different kinds of judgment, different kinds of judging, OK? 
Okay? And Jesus is getting at, and uh, he's wanting us to not judge in a particular kind of way. All right? So, um, but, and it's this way that he, he doesn't want us to be, he don't, doesn't want us to, there's a type of judgment that is condemning. Okay, there's a kind of judgment that's condemning and that, that really flows from a spirit of arrogance and self-righteousness, you know, like kind of looking down on type of way of judging, right? And this is what he's really um, blasting here. He's blasting this kind of judgment, a judgment of condemnation, um, which has, you know, with it, again, a, a pride, an arrogance, um, a, a better-than kind of attitude towards others, those that uh, they would be judging or we would be judging. And so um, so there's a condemning type of judgment, and that's what Jesus is, again, pointing out to them. But, you know, it's important for us to realize, because some people, when they read this, they would think, well, then, you know, as, as maybe we have done at times, to say, don't judge me, was kind of an escape hatch for anyone examining my life, maybe even in a, in a non-condemning way, to saying that, is what you're doing there, is that right before God? Right? Um, and so, uh, Jesus is not against a judgment that is discerning and evaluating. He's not against that whatsoever, um, is anybody here a member at Planet Fitness? Okay, yeah, you know what the motto is there, right? No judgment, isn't it? Isn't that their big, their big marketing thing? No judgment. I think it even has it painted on the walls. I'm not a member there, so I, uh, I but I just seen the commercials. Okay, and so I, I think that's a good kind of don't judge, right? <laughs> Everybody comes in there in a different scenario and is there for a different reason, and so on. But uh, Jesus is, is not saying that we cannot have, have a discerning heart, because we should, right? We should as believers, as followers of Jesus. Um, we need to know, um, as we study the Scriptures, uh, we need God's guidance to know what is right and what is wrong as we pursue following Jesus. That takes discernment, doesn't it? And that, that's a type of judging. You're judging between this course of action or that course of action as being right or wrong. And certainly there are gray areas, uh, things that we don't really know what the Lord has to say on something. Um, I, I think in many ways that's why we have a lot of different types of churches. The, uh, there's, you know, there's in certain churches they emphasize certain things, right, that they feel like are maybe more right than others, right? Baptism is one of those things, right? Some people believe in baptism, uh, believer's baptism. Others say, okay, uh, infant baptism. Um, uh, there's people that love Jesus with all their heart that are in both of those camps, right? Um, and so, but you, as a church, and actually as a pastor, you, you realize, you know, if you kind of... Um, on issues like that, on some of those issues like that, you kind of have to make a decision of where your church is on that, or else it's kind of chaos in your church, right? Um, so, uh, so we have to be discerning. We have to make judgments, what's right or wrong, what's good and evil, right? 
And we need to evaluate uh, whether someone is in alignment with following Jesus or not, uh, are starting with ourselves, right? And as in our, in our local church, you know, we would want each other to look out for one another, right? Uh, which means that if you see me veering off spiritually away from the Lord, it would be your responsibility to me as an act of love to come to me and to, as Galatians says, to try to restore me in a spirit of gentleness, right? And so, um, while at the same time realizing you don't have your act together, But it's your responsibility when you see another believer erring, um, it's loving to come to them um, and to uh, say, hey, I don't know if you see this, or maybe I'm misinterpreting what I'm seeing, but um, this is not God-honoring, or how can I help with this situation? So that takes some judgment, doesn't it? I mean, it takes a, it's a kind of discernment and evaluation to say, first of all, um, is this something worthy of mentioning or not? And so, um, again, all this to say, when we say judge not, it's about that Jesus is, he's saying, don't be the condemning type of judging person who's looking down, right? But it doesn't mean that we are to jettison all Um, means of saying this is right, this is wrong. You know, you can't say it's right for you, not right for me on things that are black and white, right? Um, And so uh, I just think it, it, it bears stating this because of so many people have used that phrase incorrectly to try to escape some form of actually honest, righteous evaluation. So we we don't want to do that. Jesus wants us to be discerning. In fact, in 1 Corinthians 6, Paul tells us the saints will judge the world in the end, actually. Interesting passage. Um, So let's not be quick to judge or be quick for fault finding, right? So he's really saying, don't have a heart that's just quick to find faults in people. You know, be be generous. Uh, Don't think the worst when you see something going on, right? Be generous in your attitude. Um, Now, the other thing that we see, and so I I really think that the judge not and you will not be judged, condemn not and you will not be condemned, those are kind of like parallels. So it's kind of different ways of saying the same thing. But then uh, beyond this, though, uh, he has at the end of that verse there, verse 37, he says, um, forgive and you will be forgiven. Right? And so, He's talking to his disciples, right? If, if, we have, if we have received the forgiveness of Christ, if we know God through Jesus, then we ourselves have um, come to the realization by God's grace that um, we're sinners, our hearts are sinful, but Christ loved us and demonstrated his love, and he, if you receive him as your Savior, put your faith in him, he forgives you. Totally, right? Past, present, future. Um, and when you first understand that, that salvation is a free gift, and then you, and you really get this idea of there's nothing you can do but to believe in Jesus and, and acknowledge your need for him, 
uh, to be saved. It just blows your mind, right? Um, in fact, I usually know that somebody's getting it, like get, understanding the gospel, when you explain it, they just say, well, that's just too easy. That's too easy. We mean just believe, just put your faith. I mean, well, that's what Jesus said, right? Uh, but as many as uh, believed him, right? right? As many as believed him, received him, believed him, him, right? It says there, right, in John 1, 12, that believing and the receiving, and you become a child of God. That's what it says. And so, if we recognize and understand our forgiveness, then we ought to be quick to forgive others. This is what Jesus is saying. Don't, don't sit there and, and, and be stingy when you have been granted an incredible grace and mercy yourself, and you're holding things in and, and withholding forgiveness of others. He's saying, uh, forgive, you know, forgiven, you will be forgiven. And he's really just telling us that, you know, the person who has been forgiven actually demonstrates that by their extension of forgiveness. Now, this is really, in some, in some sense, some of these things that Jesus is talking about is saying, this is the fruit. This is the fruit of a disciple. This is what a disciple looks like. This is what it looks like who's somebody who's rightly related to God through Jesus, is that because of uh, Christ's Spirit being in them, and then, you know, they realize that they should be humble, right? They receive what, that which they don't deserve, and so you're not going to look you know, down at somebody like that, at least we shouldn't, and that we should extend forgiveness. Ephesians 4, verse 32 says this, Be kind to one another, tender-hearted, forgiving one another as long as you feel like it. <laughs> well, that's not what my Bible says. I hope it didn't stop recording right now because then we'd be in real trouble. This heresy coming out of Darby Creek Church. No, what does it say? Forgiving one another as God in Christ forgave you. And there, just connecting with the depth of our forgiveness and the depth of the mercy that we have received. Right? That's so, so important for us uh, as believers, you know. We never outgrow the gospel, you know, no matter how long that we have known Christ. You know, think back to, for me, it was 1982, my freshman year in the dorms at Ohio State. That's when I first believed. And I, all these years, you know, you just keep coming back to the fact that I have to, I have to really just continue to reconnect with the fact of all that Christ has done for me. And it is easy, though, sometimes, um, the longer you've been a believer, I think it's easy sometimes to kind of like, oh, yeah, yeah, I know that. I know that Jesus loved me. You know, saying that in Sunday school. You know, I got that one down. But I don't think we'll ever have it down. Uh, we need to, uh, and since we need to ask God daily, Lord, just refresh me in your love. Refresh me in how much you've done for me. Don't. Uh, let me forget it, God. Don't let me run far from uh, seeing Jesus on that cross, right? And knowing what He did, and that, and then, of course, you know, uh, we don't we don't leave Him on the cross. But but it's it's there's nothing wrong with pausing there and thinking all He did, 
right? That's kind of what we do on Good Friday. Um, he accomplished an incredible, incredible thing for us. So um, maybe some of us here today just need a refreshment in, in, in under, reconnecting with how much God has forgiven us if we put our faith in Christ. And then think about, am I withholding forgiveness from someone? God's not withholding it from me if I have. Now, I'm not saying that, uh, again, you know, I feel like you kind of have to put these disclaimers sometimes when you say things like this. Because, you know, everybody always thinks of the abuses. They go right to that. And, um, you know, there's, there's nothing wrong with having healthy boundaries that sometimes have to be set. But you can still forgive people in your heart, but maybe things will never be the same between you. It just kind of depends on the situation. So, so please don't misunderstand. But, but I think that, you know, there are definitely times when we are withholding forgiveness. We are, and, 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 and we are just, you know, we need to, that is becoming a blockage in our relationship with God. And um, we become bitter even because of what others have done to us um, and so on. So, um, you know, get with God if this is something that strikes a nerve with you and ask the Lord to help you forgive. And uh, again, I don't know what restoration looks like in your situation, but I think we need to make sure that we are, uh, if we're Jesus' people, we're going to be forgiving people. Uh, and it will be hard at times for sure. Um, there's our, our verse again. Well, what about what comes next? Uh, as believers, we ought to be known as a generous giver. Now, we kind of hit this uh, a, a little earlier in chapter 6, um, but we should be known as, as generous givers. And... Um, and so this is kind of, again, remember, this is kind of like your spiritual MRI today, you know? Are you forgiving? Are you not being judgmental in, in a condemning way? Um, are you generous? Are you generous? Let's look at the verse here. Verse um, 38 says, Give, and it will be given to you. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together, running over, uh, will be put into your lap. Well, that's quite a thing, isn't it? You kind of get this idea of like, uh, I'm not going to have a lack. I'm not going to be in lack, right? Um, and now, now this is not your, uh, you shouldn't use this as a name it, claim it thing here, okay? Uh, Jesus doesn't, you don't know in which way this there will be an abundance for you, okay? So we, we don't believe here that, you know, that... Um, if you know if 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 you give Skip a hundred dollars, you'll get a thousand dollars back. But Skip's willing to test that out. No, <laughs> no, Skip knows nothing about this. But but you know we're not saying that that happens. Okay, now God may bless you financially in your generosity, and hey, praise the Lord if He does. But He may bless you in other ways. Okay, but the idea here is just to be uh, you know. Are, are we holding closely to the material possessions of this world so much that we wouldn't help out a brother or sister or someone in need if we had the means to do it? And, you know, uh, the reality is we, we 
you have limited resources, we have limited time. You can't help out everybody that has a need, right? Uh, but, but, you know, I think just what we need to do is just kind of uh, be prayed up in our days and uh, ask the Lord to help us uh, discern what's, what's the situation where we could help and maybe what's the situation where we, we can't, right? But just even having that a leaning, a leaning towards just being generous, right? Um, you know, and I think the thing that helps with possessions is to realize, number one, where they came from. Everything we have belongs to God. Um, and, um, you know, he, every gift that we have comes from above, and so we know the the money that's in the account, no matter how much it is, the 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 vehicle or vehicles that you have, the house, the apartment you have, um, books on your bookshelf, all these things, you know, they're all God's, right? And if you realize that where they came from, then you realize if God wants that thing to go somewhere else to bless somebody, well, it's God's anyway. If God wants me to give his books to this person or this car, wants me to lend his car out to someone else, you know. So it really does change your mentality if you settle this. Um, years ago, um, at our um, the church that we planted out of, Linworth Road Church, we had uh, these financial um, kind of stewardship uh, Bible studies going on called uh, that Crown Ministries put on and, or, or produced. And one of the things that you did was uh, you studied out this idea of uh, that everything we have belongs to God. And, and we signed this thing, or you were supposed to sign this thing, write down some of your, uh, the things that you really loved. <laughs> uh, and, and it was called a quit claim deed. A quit claim. Like, like I, I don't claim this, in a sense, as my own, but, um, but is God's. God's, right? And so, uh, again, I think this is just going to help us, um, help us to uh, be generous. Don't you like to go to restaurants that are generous with their portions? I do. My son Caleb and I, Caleb uh, uh, was in town yesterday with me, and um, before it got to be 60 mile an hour winds or whatever it was, we actually got some mulch laid down. And then uh, after that, just decided we kind of threw up our hands and we we went to get something to eat. I mean, what else would you do? (laughs) And we went to, um, anybody here been to Katzinger's Deli? Okay, if you haven't been, you're missing something in German Village. Katzinger's Deli. Now, the small sandwich at Katzinger's Deli is larger than any extra large sandwich you will get anywhere that I know of. And so I was so glad I got the small because I walked out like this, you know. I was just like, uh, but, you know, we, and I was like, they're generous with their portions, you know. They're not stingy. I love that. And, yeah, hey, what do you think it's going to do when you're generous with the people around you as God gives you opportunity? Because that's not like most, I mean, you know, a lot of restaurants, you know, they're kind of, they're just kind of normal portions, right? Some, they're, they're super stingy. I'm like, but we love generous portions, and God loves us to wants us to be generous because He is generous. We're 
reflective of our Heavenly Father when we're generous with the things that God has given us. Um, don't you love this? Uh, again, just, just love that blessing that comes. He says, you know, good measure, it will be given to you, good measure, press down, shake it together, running over. Uh, for with the measure you measure, it will be measured back to you. In other words, you know, if you, if you deal generously with others, right, the Lord's going to be dealing generously with you. And as one of the brothers in the church I was in years ago said, you can't outgive God. So just remember that. That helps keep things in perspective as well. All right. So again, heart examination time, right? This is, this is kind of a rough MRI today. These are some challenging things. Forgiveness, right? Not being judgmental, looking down and, and, and being quick to judge others with a, uh, a condemning sort of judgment, right? being generous here. And now, uh, this is an interesting one that comes up. Be careful who you follow. Be careful who you follow. Every time I come across the the blind leading the blind, I think back to uh, right before I had my knee surgery, my knee, when I had my knee replaced, my knee was so bad. And Linda, she had a bad knee. And so we're like kind of going around like this, you know, we weren't blind, but we couldn't walk. You know, it was like the lame, oh, I called it the lame leading the lame, you know. It's just a bad picture. Um, but, but this verse, you know, kind of hits on, on, on this. He says, uh, he also told them a parable. Can a blind man lead a blind man? Will they uh, not both fall into a pit? Okay, don't ever accuse Jesus of not being funny, okay? Because he's just like, can you imagine this scene, right? It's like the start of a joke. There's two blind guys crossing the street. You know, bad idea, you know, unless there's some sort of signal there to help you, right? Uh, So he says, will not they both fall into a pit? He says, a disciple is not above his teacher, but everyone, when he is fully trained, will be like his teacher. Now, uh, this is is an interesting thing to be inserted in here, and I think we need to understand um, he might be talking about certain blind people. Uh, spiritually blind people named the Pharisees, okay? And I think he's probably saying, be careful who you're following here, uh, and particularly watch out for the Pharisees. In fact, in Matthew's gospel, he really does say that they are blind, okay? And, of course, talking spiritually, hard-hearted kind of blindness. Um, well, and they're, they're, and what is interesting to me, uh, someone else I was listening to uh, pointed this out in in the earlier in, in um, Luke chapter six, it mentions that the Pharisees were looking; they were trying to catch him in something. So, the idea that this this visual word was so attributed to someone who really couldn't see spiritually is this an interesting contrast? And um, and so. They didn't really see their own sinfulness. They didn't see how sinful their sinfulness was. They didn't really see who Jesus really was. They saw him as a threat. And so, um, and certainly, what we have to acknowledge, right, until until we come to, you know, in a sense, we're all spiritually blind until we come to Jesus, Right? We need uh, God to unveil for us who Jesus really is, right? 
And once that happens, then, you know, I once was blind, but now I see, right, as the, um, the, God, the uh, hymn goes. And so, um, but he's saying you've got to be careful, though, who you're following, who you're looking to, um, to provide an example in following God. And so, and Jesus saying, you know, you don't want to follow blind people. That would turn out bad for you. And, uh, and he's saying this of, I believe it's of the, the Pharisees, right? Um, so ultimately, we need to keep our eyes on Jesus and those who follow his example, right? We need to, we need to keep our eyes focused on Jesus. You know, Paul, the Apostle Paul, he would say, you know, follow me as I follow Christ, right? Follow me as I... So he wasn't into acquiring a following. He wanted people to follow Jesus, but, you know... As discipleship goes, um, he was trying to help people who were not as far along in the faith as him to follow Jesus the way Jesus had instructed them, right? And so, uh, so it's, there's nothing wrong with following someone's example as long as they're setting a good example. And uh, so this is important. This is why leadership is such a scary thing. Um, you know, being in church leadership is a scary thing because you know that, you know, people are looking to you as an example of what to do. Um, and so it, it's, uh, it's kind of a tall order. And, of course, we, we know we don't want to ever put our hope in a person, um, you know, a human, but we put our hope in Christ. And, um, but at the same time, we need to be careful who we're following because there are certainly consequences um, that can happen. So he's like, make sure you're following people who actually see who the real Jesus is, who actually follow Christ's example. Now, again, this, this last thing here is right up the alley of, you know, Jesus sure knows how to tell a joke with a great point, all right? Because this is what he's doing here in the next couple of verses where he's telling us to examine ourselves. It's almost like this little section is getting closed off, uh, kind of wrapping everything up that we've just said about self-examination, right? And um, it, it would, you know, well, let's just remind ourselves what the verses say here. Why do you see the speck that is in your brother's eye, but do not notice the log that is in your own eye? Let's keep reading here this next verse. It says, how can you say to your brother, brother, let me take out the speck that is in your eye when you yourself do not see the log that is in your own eye? You hypocrite, first take the log out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to take out the speck that is in your brother's eye. Now, again, you get the visual, right? A log sticking out of this guy's eye. Imagine walking into the eye doctor's um, office, and you sit down in the chair, and as you get there, he's got a log sticking out, and you say, let me take a look at that speck, Chris, you know, and you're like, you know, back off. You've got a more serious issue than the speck in my eye, right? It's just so ludicrous, right? It's so ludicrous, but he's making a great point. He's not saying we can't point out in a loving way, like I said earlier, faults and to try to help each other grow and become more Christ-like. He's not saying that. 
he's saying that don't ignore the stuff that's happening in your own life, that you're so just quick to point out all the problems and all the people sitting around you, right? This log is the word, it's like for the beam in the house, you know, the load-bearing beam in the house, it's like that. I mean, that's, that's significant compared to this thing that's a speck of dust, basically. You know, it's just, and, and again, it's, it's um, he, he's telling us that we, we need to make sure that we're dealing with our own things, right? That we're honest and ask the Lord to, by the Holy Spirit, to shine his spotlight on our hearts to show us stuff that's not right, and that when he shines it on there and we acknowledge it, we repent of that, right? It doesn't mean we're going to be perfect forever, but as he brings things to mind and, and the Holy Spirit raises them up here and he shines the light on our hearts, we, 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 we get right with God on that. We acknowledge that that's not right. might be an attitude, might be an action, might be thought or something, right? And uh, we're going to be better equipped to help our brother and sister then, okay? We're going to see more clearly, right? We're going to see more clearly to help our brother and sister. So there should be this one another mutual kind of ministry going on in a healthy church, right? It, it's just that we, it's going to go better if uh, we're doing the self-examination as well, Um. Sometimes we are having an issue with a person, and when we pray about it, it's not them, it's you. And that's, that's, kind of, that's definitely a log situation, right? Like, cause you, I always would encourage people, if they feel like there's something they need to talk to somebody about, and by the way, don't get the, don't get the idea that everybody goes around and just pointing things out, people in this church. I mean, you're here on a day when we're talking about this, but again, it is healthy and it is good um, in a loving way to, to help each other, right? But I always tell people to pray about it, right? Examine yourself. Maybe it's all what's going on internally. Maybe this is bringing up something that you haven't dealt with and just whatever they did, just like, whoop, it's like an inner tube. Like if you ever go swimming and you have those inner tubes and you try to push it down, just push it down over here, it just pops up over here. Some things uh, that have happened in our lives that we have not uh, worked through or been healed from, sometimes they affect us in ways that we don't even realize, and sometimes they come up, many times they come up in relationship things. And uh, so we have to uh, be willing before we're going to go tell someone their fault, if you will, to pray about, say, is there something going on in me, God? Is it, is it just me, maybe? You know, and be willing to go there with the Lord, right? And so, uh, it, it's a call to self-assessment. There's no question about it, right? Um, I mentioned uh, this verse earlier. I don't think I gave the reference exactly. Galatians 6.1, brothers, if anyone is caught in any transgression... Then it says, you who are spiritual should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. I think that you who are spiritual is the person who has examined themselves and dealt with themselves 
and again, is not perfect in any way, but is, is dealing with the things that they're aware of so that they can be effective in ministering to others. It says, um, you, you who are spiritual, restore, should restore him in a spirit of gentleness. Keep watch on yourself, lest you to be tempted. So, um, so, you know, what we have here is as Jesus gives this, this address or this sermon to his disciples, he's giving us kind of some ways to live with each other, ways to live in community. And when you look at these five things, right, as we just kind of go back through them, right, do not have a judgmental spirit, right, the first one, forgive others, right, be a generous giver, be careful who you follow, right, and then lastly, examine yourself. If we have those things going on and we allow God to work in us and use us, you know, it's going to be, our church will become more and more healthy, okay, and so as we are generous, as we're forgiving, as we, uh, again, we don't turn a blind eye to sin, but, but at the same time, we're not going to be judging condemningly, okay? And so this, these are easy to talk about, tougher to do. Would you agree? I mean, tougher to do, easy to talk about. I mean, but uh, so, so what we really need, we need the Holy Spirit to help us live this out. And because, you know, as I talked about these five things today, the Lord may have brought something up to you today. He may have, you know, he does that sometimes. He'll put his finger right on something. Um, and so um, if he's done that for you today, don't ignore it. Right? Just ask the Lord, what's the next step? Okay, let's pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for all that you've done for us in Christ. We thank you for uh, the word that we have just looked at and how we're to, we're to not be quick to judge condemningly. We should look at what's going on in our own inner world, in our own heart, and let you, by your Holy Spirit, kind of scan our hearts to see if there's any hurtful way in us. Lord, by your grace, would you help us be more generous would you help us uh, to only do the kind of judging that is discerning and evaluating and that's helpful? God, help us to be forgive others as Christ has forgiven us, God. We so need your help to do that because we, you know, there are all kinds of just very difficult and hard situations um, revolving around forgiveness. Lord, we need your help there. And Lord, we want to be known as people like this, Lord, because you're, as if, we're a, if we're a believer, we've got spirit living inside of us. Lord, let us be more yielded to him and, uh, in, in a way like John the Baptist said about Jesus, you know, he must increase, but I must decrease. Lord, we want you to increase in our lives and our flesh <laughs> to be less and less influential and how we live, and how we interact with each other. Lord, we need your help. We ask it in Jesus' name. Amen.